podcast and i have a very very special guest here tonight today tonight however you're gonna listen to it uh i'd like to change things up a little bit once you think i once you think you have this show figured out i'm gonna switch it on you and this is one of those guests that i've been waiting for for quite the longest time right now ever since i've heard her song uh i was sent i actually sent her song before from a friend of mine's and I didn't know she was this good. I didn't know she was this talented. Matter of fact, I didn't know she could do any of this stuff. <laughs> uh, you know, she, you know, looks can be deceiving. You know, like just because she has a pretty face doesn't mean anything. She has talent. There's a lot of talent behind this pretty face. A nice voice. A a, a uh, the songwriting is great, and I was impressed, and I became a fan, and I would like to let you guys know who this lady is, who this artist is. I introduce to you guys, Madeline Hogan. How you guys doing? Hi. Um, you know, somehow there's like, you know, cheering and stuff. They're, they're there, they're there. So, you know, they're, they're, they're applauding. But uh, how are you doing? I hear them applauding. I'm good, just chilling, <laughs> just drinking my coffee and stuff. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's been, of uh crazy trying to get the, the scheduling right you know between us um for a while and but we're here and i'm finally happy i'm really happy that we got to do this um and it's just one of those things like you know for for what i know you from and it is just like it's really dope to see that you have this super dope ass talent and from a you know old musician myself and songwriter i really cling to those type of people like people like yourself that do that and like you know and, and actually put their heart out on their songs and you can hear it you go you can, you can vibe to it. it's like okay this is this is definitely meaningful um and i, I i'm impressed color me impressed um what was the song i'm like trying to make sure i have it uh i'm still alive that was the song Oh, that was sent you. to me. And I was like, oh, at first I was like, wait, she looks familiar. And then I realized, oh, I know her. <laughs> you know, one, the video was really done well. Um, and it, the song was like really good. It was just really, really good. It wasn't no BS. Like it was really good. And like, I, I really, I really fucked with it. I was like, okay, she's really got something going and then to come out you got a whole album coming out that you got an old album what's the name of the album right now like it's called albion nights albion okay can, can you give me the the background the, yes because i was trying to make sure I, I didn't pronounce it wrong well no you know you live in albion like people that live there say albion but if you're there in prison okay. you say albion so therefore i say albion like my parents okay. um my parents are from western new york and like okay. they're from you know like maybe less than an hour from there so they say albion but like oh. yeah, albion if you're from wherever especially from the city like oh we're going to albion blah, blah, blah. 
I apologize. Okay. Camera is like so blurry too. Shit. It's all right. It's all. It's all. A, hey, we got it for video and audio, so they are gonna get to Word. get to hear you no matter what. You know, uh, get your message out no matter what. Um, take us like how, how long were you, have you been like been uh, been playing a guitar? How long have you been you know writing songs? Like, what's the process? How long you been doing this? So okay, this is kind of a long answer. So hey, we here, we um, here. We, I'm here for you. We good. Word, yeah. So I'm 33. That's my real age. My work age she is whatever you guess. She does not look <laughs> it. She does not look it. My work age is whatever you guess. <laughs> yeah, I'm 25. Yeah, I'm 25. Yeah, sure. Whatever. Just ask me a 90s trivia question. You'll believe that I'm 25. But, okay. Um, I'm gonna hold you to that. <laughs> no. no, I've been playing guitar since like I was like 13. Um, before that, I played like viola. Um, in school and stuff and always like sang and I went to like theater camp. Um, I So like I have like this, I found, I had a foundation. I'm trying to get my music theory knowledge back, but like I have mm -hmm. um, had like that foundation in musical education, like just from school. Right. But, like, and my dad is a big blues guy. Like both my parents are big music people, like, um, but my dad was like a big blues guy. So he would always listen to that, like growing up. And whenever there would be like an instrumental, I would like sing along to it when I was like, even just a baby. So oh. like, I've just been into this my whole, like since I was born, but um, I uh, started playing guitar when I was 13 ish. And then I kind of stopped when I was like 25. Well, honestly, I stopped like really regularly playing when I was like 21 when I, cause mm -hmm. I'm in recovery. I've been, I've been sober for eight years. Um, well, congratulations on that one. Thank you. But um, I was sober for eight years. So I kind of stopped when I was 21 when I started getting into heroin because I'm in recovery mm. from heroin. But I mean, I don't do anything. Like, I don't drink or anything. I tried smoking weed, but like, once I had seven years clean, like, right. like CBD. And it just makes me like, the CBD is okay, but like, it makes me paranoid. So I don't do any of anything really. But like, um, I uh, like stopped when I was like 21 for a few years because I was like getting high kind of played a little bit again when I was like 25 when I started to go to rehab or whatever um mm -hmm. but I kind of just after a year I like fell off and I didn't play for like five however long year five six years like I didn't up until like a year ago like I didn't I had stopped playing like altogether. like I didn't think like I kind of just wasn't doing any music at all like I kind of gave up like I have I lost like direction whatever right. um but I had um I uh, I had this notebook full of songs that I wrote when I was in Albion for like a year and some change. And um, so this all goes back to when I met this dude, uh, Lord Willen, mm -hmm. uh, that like got me back into music and like helped me record my whole album. Like I read him, we were just talking and I was like telling him about how I was like in theater camp or where he's like, wait, do you sing? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. And um he was like, yo, send me something. So I just like sent him a clip or something. He was like, yo, you're really fucking good. Like you should be doing this. Like maybe I can get you on a song or whatever. And then I was like, yo, I have a whole notebook full of songs that I wrote in prison. And one day when we were hanging out, like I read them to him. He was like, yo, you got to get these down. And I was like, all right. Wow. So I started playing guitar again. Like it took me like, a, you know, it took me a little bit of time to like get back to where I was. Um, and I would just, he like brought me to the studio for the first time out in, I mean, now I live in Rhode Island, but like, yeah. um, he brought me, I came out here, he brought me to the studio for the first time. I was still working for a nonprofit. So he even like paid, this is before I do what I do now, like, which wow. I'm not, by the way, like, but, um, he brought me to the studio. He like paid 
basically for me to record most of it. I think I paid for like the final mixing, but like, um, so it was really just because of him. Like I just wasn't around the right people. Like when you're in a, when you're, when I, I speak for me, but like right. being, you know, around people that are just doing drugs and like, that's their life. Like I wasn't doing anything creative so or productive or positive at all. So like, I kind of just like fell off and it, it was really for me just like being around the right people to like inspire and influence and encourage me to just get back into it. Um, and mind you, like the only reason I feel like I even met him um, was because of actually and how we even started talking really was about rest. Did I, I, I was telling you Wrestling. about So yeah, no, because I had trained like, I had trained before I even got back into music. I had trained for a year to be a pro wrestler and I was trying to do both of them for like three, four months. And you captured like, my heart. Music and wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I miss wrestling. I'm not going to lie. Like that workout, like I, I miss it. It's been a year. Maybe last week was a year ago since I, um, like was in a wrestling ring training like the last day that I was training. And then maybe like three weeks later, I was like, oh, okay, I'm not going back. Like I haven't been there. You know, I always say to people the the training, the, the workouts that is intense. Like what I've seen and stuff in wrestling training and in the workouts is way more intense than any other, I think any other sport, I believe. Cause just like, cause you oh. gotta do a lot, especially with the breathing and like the stamina to keep all that endurance up in a ring in a match for god knows how long the match is because the average fight in real life an average fight is like a minute or less whatever before both people get tired and right. you know but to have that stamina keep going the whole way it's like you really got to train the body and i give wrestlers the almost credit for just doing that you know oh yeah definitely so uh yeah that and then like people that are training to be like at, for like actual competitive combat sports like those two i feel like those two are the only that i've seen like mm -hmm. the conditioning and training that you do for that for those two things yeah i mean wrestling is i mean i don't want to say justice for that. i don't know i've never been a real i don't i don't know how, i mean i could street fight but like i never was like an actual trained fighter like actual real competition. Mm -hmm. like this was all theatrical but like um, I've never done that, but just based on like what I know and people I've talked to and what I've seen, like those two things are like the most intense, but like, from what I know, it's true. Cardio, like, yo, that cardio, I probably couldn't even hang. <laughs> like, and I still lift, I still lift three, four days a week. And like, I still yeah. get back into the ring. Like I probably couldn't even hang. Like it would take you get blown up. <laughs> you got, yeah. I would get blown. I would probably like when you're getting used to it too, like your heart's going so fast. Like if you don't keep moving, you have to keep yeah. moving. Like you want to fall over and die, but like you have to keep walking and I would just walk back and forth, back and forth. But like, honestly, that's how they like cut, not true. That's how like they weed out people that aren't going to cut oh, it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They always say, look at the left, look at the right of you, look at the left of you. Uh, one of y'all are not going to be here. <laughs> Right. You know. yeah, no, in the year that I was training, like there was maybe like five of us that started on the same day. We probably mm -hmm. had like maybe 10 other people try to, and this is in Albany, New York, where I'm from. Like, and yeah, this actually recently closed, which I was kind of sad about. Oh, no. Yeah. But um, there was maybe 10 people that came in and out throughout right. the time that I was there and like that just like couldn't hang or like didn't last, you know, or they'd try, they don't realize, like, People think just because it's like staged, like they don't understand 
it's mm-hmm. a it's sport like they don't just call it sports entertainment like it's very extremely physical uh, no no like football players and uh, like basketball players all those all those type of like as like athletes they try to do wrestling and they learn how hard it really is especially during the, just the training process they ain't even learning the moves yet just right. the workouts and stuff then like they get blown up like oh my god i didn't know it was like this and you get so surprised that they think oh i thought it was fake and this and that but just you even get to the main stuff yet you're just doing the workouts right you and know athletes come in like people yeah that's people to come from wrestling come from other sports now right. i haven't played like you know i haven't played sports really since like I was in school, but just from like lifting, like honestly, during the pandemic, like it took me three years, probably two years of training and then a year waiting for the um, school to open back up after COVID. But like, motherfuckers sitting on the couch, like watching wrestling thinking like, oh, I could do that because they make it look so easy. Like if you get off the couch and try to do that shit without any athletic background, like you're gonna hurt yourself. You're you're Mm -hmm. fine. So like, it took me, because like when I got sober first, like, I, you know, I was always like athletic and it was like a dancer. I mean, I trained in dance for a little bit, like with my theater background and shit, but like, um, I fell off that when I got sober, I gained like like 40 pounds heavier than I am now. Like I was mad thick and like just sedentary, like when I got sober and like, so, and that's when I got back into, I hadn't watched wrestling since I was a kid and I kind of, and I got back into it and was watching it. And then I went to an, an independent show, um, in Whitehall, New York, and I seen this, these chicks having this match, I was like, yo, if they can do it, I can fucking do it. I was yeah. like, I knew that I was gonna have to fucking train. I was like, yo, I'm mad out of shape. I'm, I'm I, like, whatever. But, um, so it took me two years of just, I started going to the gym. I started tracking my calories. I lost like 40 pounds, got back into like what I looked like before. Mm. And, um, had just, you know, had to build my muscles back up to be yeah. an athletic person before I could even uh, even think about like going in and trying to train. So it's a preparation. Is wrestling is a lot, and I remember I had friends that were wrestlers. I had a few friends that were independent wrestlers, and I helped out with a couple of shows they had. And the process, I, I learned how to take down the ring, put up the ring. You know, that whole thing, like, people oh. think it's just, it's bouncy. No, it's not. And then the first time <laughs> I ever, like, I was supposed to be, like, the enforcer for my friend. Like, you know, like a, like a Kevin Nash type of guy with him. And um, I didn't have to take no bumps or nothing. I just did a clothesline whatever, yeah. which was fun. Uh, You know, sweep the legs, whatever, try to, like, you know, mess with the ref. Um, I did that a few times. But the first time I actually fell, like, not fell, but, like, hit that that uh mat is when i realized oh this ain't for me this ain't, this ain't for me this this is oh lord no y'all do this all every day this is your regular for 20 bucks no i'm good i'll be i'll be a ring announcer or something like or uh, whatever the case like I, let me put the ring back up i put the ring up and put right, take it right. down yeah. I, I learned i learned it's not it's I love the the spectacular things of you know the the looks and everything, but to be in that ring, I give everyone everyone who chooses to do it every respect in the world because it takes a toll on the body after a while. And just that one time I hit the mat, I was like, I'm out, I'm, <laughs> I'm out. 
get me out of here. I'm good. I would never want to take a bump ever. <laughs> like the, the the rope itself too. God, got to swing back and forth. They really make it look super super easy. And oh, I love running back and forth oh. in the ropes. We would just train where it's like you got to go back and forth, and then you have one person going this way, one person going. Yes. This way. You got to time it. Like there's a lot. Did you get it. that? Did you get that? Like that that scar like under your armpit area like on the arm because you're like going over the rope like the back and forth i think it was it's, like over no, like I mean, not under your armpit but like on the side yeah like over here well I, yeah or like, when i was training i would always have like a t-shirt on so it's not like right in there like with their with no shirt on like hitting the ropes but like i used to bruise so oh my god if i knew we were going to come across this if I, I took pictures of some of the bruises that I used to get, like on my arms and yo, it was so bad. Like I used to get like huge fucking bruises. Like when we would be doing like the fuck are they called? Hip tosses and shit. Yes. Drills, hip moves over and over again. I would have crazy bruises. And like mm. now <laughs> and now like my new my current athletic dancer, my uh, my current athletic uh pursuit is like aerial arts and pole right. and like i'm sometimes when i get bru like when i get bruises like on my arms from doing stuff like that it reminds me of like my wrestling <laughs> like even th that's the closest thing honestly like those type of conditioning drills yeah like, when you train in a studio like from instructors like that's honestly like the closest thing now to, like now your love for wrestling and and that's how you met your friend yeah uh what was it lord willing yeah that's that's how you met him. I, and I believe I've seen him a few of your videos uh, performing, right? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a couple uh, of songs that we did together. Yeah, and I and I think hearing that is really dope to for anyone to like to like anyone hearing this and you know listening to your story because it's always good to have somebody in your corner, no matter like yeah. especially it, like so, just to have somebody that believes in you. It's it it's it's a, a great it's a feeling beyond measures like you know to know that somebody is believing in you you know not even just putting money but they believe in you like wholeheartedly like that you can do it no matter what it is your music or school or wrestling whatever the case but the fact that this person believes in you has faith in you uh and and you know it's giving you all that positive energy that means a lot you know and especially from what you was coming from, um, you know, and hanging around with the wrong folks. Cause you know, they, they, what's, what's that thing? They say, uh, you are who your friends are. Right. Yeah. Show me who you are. Like yeah. That. Yeah. So it was like, you went from having friends that was not doing the right thing and you were doing the wrong thing yourself. You know, you went down a certain path and, you know, but then, you know, you went to a dark place and then you found the light and then you end up, having a more of a positive friendship in your life and you know look where you are now you know it just kind of like shows like the different choices that we make and you know and like the friendships that we have like certain friends really do kind of like impact us you know in certain ways that you don't realize until like sometimes till it's almost over um the fact that he did that is really dope and i commend him on that because you know, not everybody gets that chance to have friends like that. And for you to be able to have that friend and she's to do all that for you, like, that's really dope, you know, and, you know, and for you to keep pushing and to be where you are, 
that's a big, you know, aberration for you too. Like, you know, you did it, you know, you really did it. So, I mean, for you to have this album right now, I mean, geez, who'd have thought? Yeah. <laughs> you know, who'd have thought? I had those notebooks for, I mean, I had those songs in that notebook for mad long. And like, um, it's just crazy. Like what I was writing, I'm glad that I wrote everything. Like I'd always had been writing songs, like since I was a teenager, like I'd always write right. songs and like wrote poetry. And like, I was an English major. So like writing just comes naturally to me, but like, I'm glad I had those songs to like capture, like where my head was at, at that point mm. in time. Because like, if I was going to go back and try to write songs about addiction, right now my perspective would be totally different. Like so much yeah. time past like not to say that i couldn't go back with one stupid even though one stupid decision with my drug of choice i'd, I'd probably die i'd most like 99 yeah. die but like after so much time has passed like i can't bring myself back to those moments especially being in prison like yeah. there's so many fucking there's some lines in that like i don't know i'm really proud of the lyrics that i wrote like the lyrical content of that album like i really thought that um i was like i read them back and i was like damn like yo some of these are really good but like I have like literary elements in there. Like I'm not just like one, actually one lady that I used to work with at, at a nonprofit was like, this is not like didactic storytelling about like a drunk-a-log or like, you know, drug-a-log yeah. or like, this is like actual, there's literary elements in here. There's like allegory, metaphor and shit. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you know, I went to college for English. So I studied this shit, but I mean, I'm glad I put that knowledge to use. Um, and I'm glad it's just, it was sitting there. Cause I mean, what, seven years ago, I was sitting reading those, um, I read those poems. Now this chick, I one of the chicks I read them to was dead now. Like mm. I read the whole thing to a couple girls. I was in like, I was in a long-term nine to 12 month rehab. Like when I was on parole, um, like nine to 12 months in a house with 19 other women, you live there, mm. <laughs> fucking crazy. Like that is doing time mm. on the street. It was, yeah. but it was that's doing time on the street but like i remember one of them saying to me like yo you could really do something with this like this chick is dead this girl lexi you know rest yeah. in like she was like you could really like you could make something out of this if you really put your all into this and i was like damn so like i i don't know i'm just glad that i did it because i wrote originally wrote those lyrics and like i didn't have any of the music so the only thing that i wrote mm -hmm. last year as i wrote i wrote the guitar parts like as i was going to record like i would have a session right. like a month or something it probably took me like six months to record all 10 songs honestly well to record them all and then mix them and whatever but like um we'll have them mixed by my engineer um i would just write the guitar parts like as i go i was coming it was like it was coming back to me and it's like i was like learning how to play guitar again after not playing for like five six years so it's like shit was coming back to me and mm -hmm. so no. I didn't have the music back then. Like I didn't have the guitar parts, but I had like the lyrics. So that's the only thing. But like, who knows? I probably I'm better at writing. I'm better at writing guitar parts now than I was back then. Anyway. Now what's it kind of like when you like uh, when you're in a studio, and trying to get the right melody, like the right music and the melody right for certain songs. Or like, did it take you long, or did it kind of like fall into place when you heard the right stuff and you know from just writing you know in a pad with no music at all because sometimes it can be hard to find the right uh the right songs I mean, the right beats and everything for for certain things that never had a beat to it never had any type of instrument to it you know so i always wrote like 
I'm all, I was always the kind of writer that wrote like to, I would write lyrics first, just as mm -hmm. not, I would write lyrics first, just as like a poem, like not even okay. as a song. I knew they were going to be songs, but like I would always write lyrics first. And then that's why like, maybe that's why in the past, like when I was younger, I would struggle to like write the song, guitar parts after, but like, um, I always wrote them first. But um, so that's like, when I started, when, when I started like working with Lord Willen and he would have me like, he would send me like beats um, right. as you know, producers like all over the world, like sending them beats and stuff. Um, like the first song we wrote, like that was the first, and I wrote the hook for it because I've sang a bunch of. I'm, I'm probably like, I have this one folder in my phone that says like tracks with Chris, like, and it, there's like 50, <laughs> 50 tracks. Well, it's different versions, but like I've, I've sang so many hooks and whatever. Like, I'm also I'm like featured on a bunch of his stuff. Like, if you go okay. to my Spotify and you scroll down, it says like appears on. But like, um, like writing with him over a beat, like to a beat. Like that was the first time I ever wrote lyrics to a beat that was already there. And like, that's how he's always done it. So, right. um, and we're in the middle of working on an album right now. Um, like we're doing a whole album, we, uh, like as a duo where like, cause he's getting more, where he's just singing, like he's not rapping at all on this. Right. Album. So we um, have this producer in Cambridge, Mass, the archetype um, who is like, I mean, mm. this guy is no joke. Like he was, he won like, Boston producer engineer of the year a couple times wow. 2018 like he's incredible like I don't know if you're familiar our connection to him is that oh well Chris's connection to him is the rapper Slane who's also an actor mm -hmm. like, who's in movies like The Town um but he's like yeah, a, I think I heard it yeah I heard of this he's a really yeah. well known like as far as like independent rap goes like he's really well known like oh, um, okay he has like a big fan base um in the world of independent rap and he was also part of the part of the group La Coca Nostra um that also had like Everlast and DJ Lethal. And oh, okay, yes, 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 yes. Ever uh, okay, I knew I knew that name. It was like Seems yeah, yeah. to Everlast. Oh my God, Seems Everlast. to Everlast. So, um, I wow. played, cover one of his songs on my Instagram. I think one of my when I was just messing around playing like reels and stuff. Yeah, but like, so that's his connection because he that's his wow. friend and like so we got he was already recording like rap, right at that studio with him and like buying beats off of him and then writing to it and then going there and recording it. So like what we do now, now like the archetype is like a multi-instrumentalist, like a just brilliant musician overall. Mm -hmm. um, so the album that we've been working on, like we have four songs recorded so far and we're about to go back a week from this coming Monday to do another one. It's all me, I write like an acoustic guitar part um, so I'll bring that and then we'll have like our lyrics and you know, we'll have like the song structure so I'll go in and record that. And then um, he builds the rest of the production around it. Like in there in the studio on the spot, like in a four hour session, like while we're there. So like, he'll, I'll take the guitar part, that's the base of it. And he'll build, like he'll start putting the drums, like maybe a little keyboard. He'll put like, he plays guitar. Like, I mean, he plays guitar in bands. Like he, um, He's like, you know, he plays blues guitar. Like this dude is no joke. Like he whipped out the Telecaster like two sessions ago and was like solo mm. and I was like, <laughs> this next song that we have, we're going on Monday. Like I specifically have like a 12 bar spot. I was like, I just, I'm gonna ask him to solo over this. I'm not writing no lyrics. Like I'm just want him to do that. So it's like, it all gets built around that. So it's like, not even so much like, like, and that's the theme of an album. The album, it starts with an acoustic guitar part, which really, honestly, like, it, it, it fades, it, no, I don't want to say it fades to the background, but it's like, that's the structure, like, the base of the song. But it's like everything that goes around it that, like, makes the song. 
Like mm-hmm. even my little brother, I sent him the track that we did a couple, like the last track we did. He was like, oh my God, that's the best song you have so far. Like the production is excellent. Like this is like, this shit is no joke. Like I'll say, I trust you. So I'll send you one of the unreleased tracks. Oh yeah, I got to hear that. I got to, yeah, that was dope. Thank yeah, you. but like, so for people watching this podcast, like if you wanted to listen to, okay, so there's a song by Slain, um, S-L-A-I-N-E called mm-hmm. it catches you so that's produced by the archetype and that starts with an acoustic it's probably him the archetype playing if i had to guess it would be him playing acoustic guitar uh-huh. and then the production built around it it's like that's uh-huh. that song inspired me i'm doing this whole album when i heard that and then also no. the other song that gave, i'm not gonna lie the other song that gave me the idea <laughs> to do it like this was go flex by post malone <laughs> i can't i can't lie post malone has some has some has some hits he has, he some has stuff a banger I'm not, I'm not like a huge I, fan or anything but like I'm yeah not, I, it's I, it, I he's that. he has some catchy stuff he has some catchy stuff yeah, now stuff. with you and in this joint venture this joint album now with you and lord willing now are you guys gonna just have are you gonna have a group name a duo name yeah, or Lord willing and maddie okay okay so we're going with the name okay yeah all like, right um, that's yeah so because we did a couple songs we have a, a couple of videos out one was like lord willing featuring me yeah i think they're actually we're i don't know how we build it as build it on spotify <laughs> but like um yeah a lot goes into you're this. on spotify that's dope you, yeah you got your stuff out there it's cool i mean it's anybody can like do it this is the thing about doing music is like i the reason i stopped for so long is like i'm the type of person like if i want to do something i'm gonna do it like for wrestling i was like i'm gonna i want to go train to be a professional wrestler like i'm gonna go to training i mean i train three times a week like my whole life was like based around that my lifting schedule my meal plan like everything um and then around my job like for music i feel like the reason i fell off for so long Mm -hmm. i had no direction of like how to do it like actually go in and do it like i don't i don't just play guitar like just for fun or whatever like i do this shit seriously um so i felt i had no direction or like you know i didn't know how possible it was to just put out music Mm -hmm. like i had one friend this chick claire promise out of albany new york where i'm from that i was in rehab with actually we used to like sing and write songs and shit like in rehab and she's the one who actually inspired the prison notebook because she showed me her notebook wow. full of songs that he she wrote in Albion um when she was there. And then wow. in the rehab I, I got kicked out of and that's why I went to prison. <laughs> but um like I mean I had seen her doing music videos and I don't know if she put went, I don't know if she's on Spotify, like if she was on all the platforms or if she was just putting stuff on SoundCloud, but like and I almost, you know, it's a very it's it, it is very saturated. Like that's the thing. It's like anybody can do it, but everybody's doing it. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you don't need a record contract to record. Like when I started putting clips of like recording me in the studio recording stuff, like on my Instagram, people would be like, Oh my God, you're recording. I'm like, yeah, this shit is like, this studio was like 40 bucks an hour. Like you can go yeah. in there and like just record whatever. It's, like, it's easy to record in places. It's just hard to be seen because like you said, it's saturated, you know, the market is saturated with so many different artists. Um, and that could get you, you know, uh, sometimes that can get you jaded a little bit. Sometimes it can give you like, you like, you want to like say, screw it. You know, I'm not, you know, uh, this is not working. No one's looking at me, but if you keep pushing it, eventually you never know. Cause somebody's always watching. Somebody's always, you right. know, got an ear out for something, you know, and you never know who's, you never know, uh, who knows somebody, you know, you never, you just, you, you just know. don't. 
And um, and all you just you're gonna have that one person that one day be like, "Hey, I heard this song," and then you know, then you know you're on everything. Yeah, <laughs> right. you know, yeah, no, you just I never mean, know. Look it's, at Jelly Roll. Like Jelly Roll is like a household name. Like we just went and saw him at the Xfinity Center in Mansfield. Like this dude is like selling out not stadiums, but selling out like right. outdoor large indoor outdoor venues, like large venues. He's selling out. Like that, right. he had that one song. Like he was an underground rapper, like for years. Like that's the had, one with the weird haircut, right? He's the one with the tattoos all over. He's big. He's like three something, maybe four, three, four hundred. Oh, pounds. okay. Thinking we're on a different person. Okay, Jelly Roll. Okay, yeah, I guess you know you're talking about now. So, okay, he, you know, started as a rapper, and turns out like this guy can, can sing. You know, he can sing. Like, you know what? Yes, I I got a couple of his songs on my phone. Yeah, he's singing. He is singing right now, and yeah. I it, yes, he has a song that really I forgot the name of it, but a, a friend of mine sent it to me. He's like, "Yo, take me later," and I listened to it. It's like, I don't know who the hell this guy is, but <laughs> I'm gonna download it now. And he had the stuff, and I found out he was a rapper. Yes, so yeah, no, he was dope too. Like, oh my god, yeah. So like, I mean, he had been doing that for years, and then he had this one song, "Save Me," that's like an acoustic song, and that's what it is. That's the song. Yes. Yeah, so, oh my god, so that's good. Like four open chords. Like anybody oh. that can play guitar that knows basic chords can play that song. It's not complex at all. But the, but the, it's the the lyrical content and the, the lyrical content and the emotions, the emotion he put in that song. It's like right. As soon as I heard it, I was like. A minute into it, I was like, I I am in it. I'm here. Yeah, no, that's why I'm saying I'm here. I live here now. I, I mentioned that like it's the guitar part is so simple, is because it's like that's what really puts like that's what really makes it is like the lyrics yeah. and the emotion. Like and that song blew up with no paid promotion. It just like mm -hmm. went viral. Um no paid that's a beautiful promotion, thing. Nothing. Now I put like like I'll always put like I'll put like hundreds of dollars in the promotion. Like when I put out like the it, I'm still alive video, like I'm glad you saw it. I did some promotion with that one and it just like sometimes the algorithm, even if you put yeah do it, like it just doesn't pick up, doesn't take off. But like that video had my nieces in it, my three nieces. Yes, like, yes. Like, out of Buffalo, New York. Like that was just something nice that I wanted to do for my family. It turns out like I wanted to just put it out because I was like, oh, I should do a video because the Albion Nights, like I have two, I did two videos off this album. So one of them, yeah. the Albion Nights video, which I'll, I'll play that song, but like, um, I'm wearing the same leather jacket in the video, the same leather jacket, the same scarf that I wore, I was homeless in, like I had my hair and my makeup done, like the same way I used to do it when I was like out there getting high, like huge, like Amy Winehouse fucking black <laughs> eyeliner. And fucking, I would just sit there. I was sitting, it was filmed on Central Ave in Albany outside of one of the, home, the domestic violence shelter that, wow. um, like, that I used, that I was in the last month that I was out there getting high. So it was kind of just like I was recreate, trying to recreate, like, me back then. I could kind of, I could totally see you with the cat eyes. <laughs> I used to do it I all the time. Now I just get my eyelashes done. <laughs> yeah, I, I can totally see it now. And now you say Amy Whitehouse, and I'm just thinking about the outfit, that the <laughs> eye stuff. I'm like, yeah, I definitely can see that now. I can see it. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I, uh, so that's why I wanted to do the I'm Still Alive video, because it was like, I 
I only picked that's not honestly the song I would have picked as a single. There's mm. a couple other songs I would have picked as a second single, but like I did that one because I kind of thought it was like something dope that I could. I felt like that would be the best one. It would make sense to have my nieces in because I wanted to right. have one. Um, and so that was a really um, dope video. And that was done. The video was done by this guy, Ian Brennan, out of Lockport, New York, that I met through, you know, friends of friends, like found. I was just looking for somebody that did videos out there. Um, and he did a really good job. Like, it's so simple, but it's like he captured so many moments and like put them together so nicely. Like mm -hmm. he captured all these moments, like with my nieces and we were out like filming in front of like Lake Ontario. It was really cool. Like that was a cool experience. Um, but I just, I just, I wouldn't pick that. I'm, I'm like, oh, this is a good song. It's not probably the one I would have picked as a single, but I'm, I'm glad I did it. Cause it was like, I didn't want the only video of me out there being one of me looking, trying to look like I looked like when I was a, you know, yeah junkie on the street like not to be insensitive like i can say junkie i was one but like right you know politicians I get it. can use that word but like when i was an active heroin addict like i was trying to recreate that look so i was like yo i should probably do one where it's like me today not just looking trying to look it's it's it's, it's crazy that you say you know you were you were you were you know and i commend you and you know i, I admire you know what it took for you to get to where you are now and you know but it's so crazy to think of you at one point being under that type of influence you mm -hmm. know and you know because i you because i've seen what people look like you know uh matter of fact i've, I've seen it i see it a few times when i when i go outside uh but to think like you know you're one of those type of people you know you just never know you know yeah. what people are going through to get to certain places and you know, and it's like, dang, I can't, I can't imagine. I can't even imagine you at that point, you know, because I see you right now, you know, you know, healthy and smiling and, you know, everything is like, wow, you were at a, at a point in your life, you, you were there, you know, you, you look like somebody completely different, you know? Eight years uh, is a long time, like eight years is a good amount of time. Um, yeah. And I mean, I had seven years when I did these videos. So like, I don't know, it's just like, now before I did what I do now, like, um, I was a professional recovery advocate. I work for an organization called Friends of Recovery New York. Um, that I'm so I'm like sober. I don't even smoke weed. Look at my shirt. I just love like <laughs> so I just seen that. I'm like talking about recovery and I got a weed plant. Like whatever, weed is medicinal. Like, but um, or it's like you know, don't get me started. But anyways, I work for a recovery <laughs> organization that's like a statewide recovery organization from New York State because I'm from upstate New York. Um. And I was like, I started off like as a, what was I like project assistant or something. Mm -hmm. I was like an entry level clerical position for this, um, well, administrative assistant kind of, but like they saw that I had all these community connections. Like I was already a part of like different advocacy organizations, like vocal New York, um, like shout out to vocal New York. Um, I would like be on the news, like giving a press conference, giving a speech or whatever, like in a press conference, like, cause I was, and I was really into like, I was really into like activism, like harm reduction mm -hmm. activism, like, you know, tell, telling people about like how Narcan saves lives, opioids, op the overdose prevention center save lives, blah, blah, blah. So um, I started doing that. So I was like, you know, in this administrative assistant role, but like I was doing so much in the community that I kind of, it kind of took on a little more. But um, mm -hmm. like, what I was doing beforehand was like, I was a recovery advocate. Um, I eventually was like promoted, I guess you could say into, um, I worked for the sub organization, Youth Voices Matter New York, which is like, 
an organization it's for you know youth age well the, the age range is 13 to 30 but basically right. youth voices matter ybm new york does is like connect youth age 13 to 30 with recovery resources in their community so like treatment happens treatment is episodic it happens in a facility a treatment facility like when i'm in rehab mm -hmm. I'm in treatment or when i go to outpatient i'm in treatment so like recovery happens in communities like there's a lot of emphasis on like you know people in treatment um but like this organization was like you know kind of trying to bridge the gap between like getting people out of treatment and like into recovery in the community whatever but like they don't pay shit. Like I couldn't even pay rent. Like I couldn't even pay my bills. Like I couldn't do any. Like I couldn't do anything. I wouldn't have any money for any of this music. I wouldn't have bought you know this bought this two thousand dollar guitar with cash. Like that's I, the thing with it comes like, to doing. I can't do it. That's the thing with doing jobs that are great for the community and you're helping. Pe you're able to help people, and 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 you know let people know certain things and just you're trying to be a good person and do that. But the pay just doesn't add up at times for it. It just, you know, it's not going to pay your bills the, no. the way that you want. You know, this is why superheroes don't get paid. You know, like superheroes never get paid. You know, so it's basically doing a superhero job with little bit of pay. That's it. You just, you're not going to ever get the same amount. It's a labor need. of love. Like people that's that. That's what it is. That's definitely what the word is. That's what right. it is a labor of love. Now, mind you, I was making probably like 40 to 45K, which in 2023, like, it's not shit. Maybe 10 years ago, like 40 to 45K, you could live off of. But like, Oh, don't even get me started on that. Oh, my yeah, gosh. Like, I mean, now, mind you, the upper left, the, the, not CEO. What, what the hell is the lady's called? The, 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 the boss? She made 60. Yeah. Who's the only one? But like, you know, these people would make like 60, 70. So it's like, you can probably afford to pay rent and a car payment, like, on that. But like, yeah. You know, when I was making like 40s, like in the 40s, like I lived in my one homegirl's basement for mad long. Like I, I stayed at her house. I mean, I wasn't always in the basement when her son got sick. I went down that. Like I was like staying with a friend because I was like in a bad situation for like five years. I had to let I left. I was homeless. I was like I was homeless with seven years clean. Like wow. I was um, couch surfing for a lot of people like in, in recovery. And then my one friend, Kathleen, like was like, no, just come stay with us. You can stay as long as you need. And so I stayed there until I moved to Rhode Island, but like, I couldn't even like, yo, I couldn't, yo, I couldn't record it. It's just like, you can't, it's, it, it just sucks because it's like, yeah, labor of love. And I can't imagine people, people go to college and have student loans and yeah. then start working at places like, like, I can't even imagine. Don't get me started. But the fact that you had to do through all that, I think what help, also helps your music too, because oh yeah, you have all those trials and tribulations to add to your music to make it that much deeper and realer realer for other people to like relate to right. and people who are probably going through it at that moment and they can listen to your your song and listen to your message and listen to your story and it's like oh she she went through some stuff similar and look right. what she's doing right now so maybe i could i could do the same thing too like you know let me challenge myself because she did it let me do it too right. You know, kind of like what you like, you listen, like watching your friend, you know, uh, be on, you know, on SoundCloud and whatnot. And that kind of that inspire you to like pursue what you want to do more, more yourself. And, you know, look where you are, you know, you've, you've gotten this far. So it's just like, music videos. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're honestly, I feel like you're like one click away. One, like one, you know, a little like just one click or, 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 or 
hey, you got to hear this type of, you know, text message uh, to the right person. And, you know, you never know. It's, and you know, hey, uh, uh, like six months from now, it'll be a whole, a whole different situation for you. I hope so. Hopefully six months from now, um, we're like just getting ready to put out this Will and Natty album. Like we have a lot of high, like, I, don't want I have to high hopes for you. I have I high, high hopes for this album. Like this shit is so dope. <laughs> like everybody that we've sent it to, and now like he has friends that are in the music industry. Like he knows so many people. He's been a rapper for fifteen years, however long, 10, 15, right? Long. Um, everybody that we've sent this to, people that you know that are in the music, they're like, "Yo, that's that's a hit." Like we have this one song called "Dead Friends." That's about mm-hmm. like. I miss my dead friend. Like I inspired, it was inspired by, I have this tattoo that says, I'm, I miss my oh. dead friends. Like, and uh-huh. that was just a piece of flash that my, my best friend, Casey Lianza, shout out to Casey that has been working on my sleeve since I was like 19 and she lives in Kansas city now. But like, um, that was a piece of flash that she wrote or she drew. Cause you know, she right. has a similar path, but like, I saw that I was like, yo, I need that. And so I got that and like, I don't know, I just was thinking about it because I think that like the overdose numbers, even just in New York State, oh um, yeah, the overdose numbers last year alone are like, there were more recorded overdose deaths last year than like several of the previous years combined. And those are only ones that are being recorded as over because not every actual overdose death is recorded as such right. of around, you know, addiction and stuff. Um, like a lot of people's family won't talk about like when they, you know, That's true. I've seen people die. I've seen people die. Like I had a friend that died last year that I'd known since I was in like, my, one of my little brother's friends. Mm-hmm. Who like he died as a direct result of his drug use. But like when he died, like his friends and fa- his family like didn't mention what it was from, didn't say anything about blah blah blah. blah. And it's like the, because of the shame and the stigma surrounding it. Right. Like, and I'm I mean I'm bringing I'm speaking about this like in the context of like the song Dead Friends. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah. You, like when you don't when you just like cover it up and hide what what really happened. Like in my opinion, my and I can say my professional opinion because I was a professional advocate. You're just people that do that are just they're they're prolonging their extent they're yeah. prolonging the stigma they're perpetuating that's the word yeah i had a whole spiel about this like six months ago <laughs> perpetuating the stigma like just talk about like somebody talking them talking about what really happened could prompt a conversation that could you know put somebody in the position oh, yeah. of getting help you know what i'm saying well, like, a lot of time people like to sweep things under the rug yeah and don't talk it's better if we don't talk about it but no it's better if we do Maybe if we do right. talk more about certain things, maybe certain things don't happen to people, you know, but, you know, a lot of times people are like, so like, you know, they don't want people to, they don't want people to judge them. They don't want people to look at them a certain way or look at their family a certain way. Right. So they just make a lie up or just try to ignore any of it happened. And when it should, you know, speak up more about it. Just, you know, this is happening. This does happen to a lot of people. We have to find a way to stop this. We have to find a way to end all of this. Um, and, and it happens a lot more than we think, you know, with people's families and stuff when people pass away. And it's hard. It's, it's a sad thing. Um, but I am been waiting to hear you do this for, <laughs> you know, to jump to the to the next thing. Because uh, I've been wanting to, for this moment. Because for the first time ever, for the first time ever, I could have a live performance <laughs> on this podcast. Like I've been saving this just for you. 
Oh, thank you. Like you, you are. You've been. You know. You just. You're the third artist to be on the show. Uh, shout out to ATO and, and and Chandler. You know, I love both of those guys. And I was just at Chandler's concert at the Webster the other day, last Thursday, and it was it was awesome. Uh, but this is the the very first performance on this pod, <laughs> and just for you, I just I I I I knew I wanted to have you on the show to just to you know perform, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, just you know to show your talent you know and and put you know let people hear your voice hear what you got so i'm nervous i, mean, I, haven't even, I had practice last night like i haven't even been play- <laughs> i haven't even been playing these songs i've been like um playing my new songs like practicing those to have those like on deck so i was glad right. you had I, I was like let me play some of these songs wait hey i'm ready i know uh, i've been ready for this this is amazing um uh, i know we had to wait for a guitar to get fixed and, yeah, and whatnot. yeah. You know, I, um, I, cars was just like messed up. Like, and oh yeah, it's it's yeah. it's been a world. It's been a it's been a a whirlwind. But I'm glad we're here. I kept falling. And, I kept falling out of tune. I was like, I just went and bought a new one. So I got this okay. nice ass Gibson. <laughs> that's a nice. That's a beautiful guitar. Is that uh, like a brownish? Like a. Like oh a yeah, nice. yeah. That's a nice one. That's a nice one. Man, that's I, a nice guitar. Beautiful. All right, y'all. What's the name of the song? Okay, it's called Albion Nights. Albion <laughs> Nights. This is Albion this is Nights by M- Madeline Hogan yeah, on the Barry Night Podcast. Uh, yeah, let's go. All right. I hope this goes. <laughs> <laughs> Can you hear me good? Yeah, I got you. The sight, the buzz, the only one I'm thinking of. The plot, the scheme, the misery, manipulation, a larceny. We rise above, or else we fall into the light. We know too well when all else wells, we are taken away from what we think we love. It was time that I left Say goodbye No regrets for a better word See you have made me what I am And it's too late to try to start again That ship has sailed The seven seas and the seven sins I had to manifest who would I be if I never met you? I'm gonna cut it there because hold on, that's a okay. sample. I'm not gonna play the whole sample. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm still appreciated that you, you know, you got to play. You have the first live performance I ever had on the show, so I'm happy. I'm happy. Yeah. I'm a happy camper. You know, this is dope. Um, thank you, thank You're you welcome. for blessing the Bear Night podcast. You know what your performance. This is, you know. Yeah, so I'll send cool, you the so link. Cool. To like the the video, the video that is good. Okay, I'm with it. I'm I'll with send it. You to like the both both the videos, but 
Okay. Um, now, what I meant to, I wanted to ask you earlier. What are your, who, who are your influences? You know, in music, like. Um, let's see. Uh, so my favorite, my like my two favorite singer. I feel like my two favorite singers, honestly, female singers of all time, are Amy Winehouse and like Etta James. Like I like to listen to a lot mm. of like, blues and old jazz and shit. Like I love like Ella Fitzgerald and shit like that. Um, but of course, like Amy Winehouse, she loved all that shit. Yeah. Diana Washington, all that shit. But um, yeah, stuff like that. But then also like I realized recently one of my biggest vocal influences, and I feel bad because that was horrible. Like I can't even sing right now. Um. One of my biggest um, influences was the band Sublime. So like vocal influences, Brad Noah, like okay. I, sing along to, I sing along to his stuff like all the time. Like um, like when I'm singing, like he has a very, if you just like listen to his voice, he had like, it's, re it's like reggae style rock. I never realized till recently, like what a huge influence he was on me. But like, I don't know. I love a lot of like nineties wow. stuff. I kind of heard like a Joni Mitchell. Oh, word. <laughs> I'm not even like a huge, I'm not like even super, that's, I respect her, but like, that's, I super, yeah, she's, she's cool. I don't really know her like that. I'm not super familiar. No, it's just like the, the, just a little bit in there. Like, I like, God, you're only like a little bit of Johnny Mitchell in that. You know, <laughs> you know I just, I can hear a little bit in there. And, and um, it was somebody else that came to my, oh, gosh, she's, a, she's blonde. And I can't even think, oh. Uh, man, uh, it's gonna come to me after this pod, and matter of fact, it's probably gonna come to you like when I'm like deep in sleep or something, like whatever, uh, and don't have to text it to you, like, oh, it's hard, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I hear like a couple of influences there, but yeah, Matt, I'm looking forward to hearing this album with you and Laura Willen to like, yeah, I'll see what happens. Very, very, very few people get to hear. Well, not very few, but like only certain people. I'll, you could be one of those certain people that gets to hear these unreleased oh, tracks. Oh, I'm feeling so good. But you can tell me what you think. I'm in the cool kids. I'm with the, the cool, cool kids, kids now. I'm in the cool kids club. Yeah, I finally made it, mom. I finally made it. Um, <laughs> I was you, uh, man. Okay, so I want to hold you much time, and I really appreciate you for coming on. Where can people find you and right, find your music? Cool. Word. So my Instagram. Is Snowcahannas S N O W C A H O N C A. Snowcahannas. Snowcahannas. This chicken oh, no. person that was half okay. she called herself a Puerto Rican. She gave me that name, and that's been my Instagram handle since 2014 when I got out, and I'm not changing it ever. Is that okay. the name? I'm just keeping it like that. But um, so my Instagram Snowcahannas, or you can look up, you know, Madeline Hogan. I'm on Spotify. I'm on all the platforms. Awesome. So I'm all up there, but all those links are like on my Instagram. So yeah. Yes. I'm I'm amazed. I'm amazed and thank you for sharing your story and performing. This has been amazing. Uh I hope you guys, you know, are you know, however you guys are taking this, digesting this, this this video or uh or audio, go follow follow the, this young lady on all the platforms and buy her album, listen to the album. You know, support the artists, okay? You for free. You know, <laughs> yeah, you can buy it. You know, you can listen for free, but you know, <laughs> you know, once she performs somewhere and she posts it, go to the show. You know, that'd be great. Uh, buy a ticket. You know, do something. Uh, support your local artists, David. 
you know, like what is this? Like this, what is this? Support your local business, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, support your local business, yeah. But uh, oh man, thank. This has been awesome, and I, I really appreciate the whole thing. And uh, thank you guys so much for watching or listening. Uh, remember, every Tuesday there's an episode, so stay tuned. And uh, this your boy Dom. This is Madeline Hogan, everybody. Madeline Hogan. No relations to Hulk Hogan. No, no relation. Uh, and uh, this is the Bear Night Podcast. Remember, be yourself, bear it all. Or is it bear it all? You know, I keep messing up my own tagline, my own little bit. It's bear it all, bear it all, and be yourself. See, there you go. There you go. This is the Bear Night Podcast. Talk to you guys later. Peace. Jurassic Parker.